Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Not Rocket Science, the podcast that talks about the intersectional relationship between business, culture, and technology. Technologic. What is going on, everybody? This is Sean. Hope you guys are doing well on this for me. Sunday in October. October 13th, I believe. Yes. October 13th. Hope you all are doing well on this October, not 13th, because this ain't going out till tomorrow night. Um, yeah, it's been a busy week, busy week. Can't believe it's been a week. I feel like I just made this last episode. But I guess that means we're staying busy, and staying busy is better than not staying busy. So it's all good. Um... Yeah, today, 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 I wanted to get into um, basically this idea of uh, learning things yourself online because it's something that I run into over and over again with every new pursuit and uh, I've been trying to learn online for a while, guys. It's been a while. I've been, since YouTube basically was a thing, I was uh, looking up tutorials for like creating new synth sounds so I can have synthesizers that sound like this electronic song or, you know, learning how to uh, design when I jumped into a design program to try to get a career as a designer without the fundamentals. Yada, yada. It, the list goes on on things I try to learn online. And, um, it goes through stages with me, and the latest stage I've mentioned on this show, I think maybe two episodes ago now, where I talked about learning Espanol. Um, I've been on that pursuit now for seriously, like actually every day studying. Um, probably for about two months, maybe in change, maybe, or approaching two months. I think I started for real around August, and here we are in October. So, um, But what that means is I did a deep dive on learning Spanish online, the different resources available, um, people talking about different apps that are available and it's just kind of once again i run into this uh predicament kind of rinse wash repeat where it's always like you have so much information at your disposal this day and age what's hard is where to start it's like paralysis by analysis there's so much available you don't even know what path to go down and sometimes if you try to learn from the wrong people or the wrong resources, you know, you it takes way longer to learn something where if you went a different path, it would be much quicker. And then you start, you know, playing all these scenarios in your head, trying to figure it all out. So 
I wanted to talk a little bit today about figuring out how to learn things online. It's not an original topic. It's something that I've heard other people weigh in on. Um, I think there's a dude on YouTube, Nathaniel Drew, who did a episode about this that I've... Um, I guess it kind of inspired me to do this one a little bit. And then also Tim Ferriss, I think, has talked about this in his blogs and in his podcasts a lot. Um, it's just figuring out, you know, who to go to, what are the best resources. Um, so I guess I'm going to break this down maybe two ways. One is figuring out who to, uh, I guess, gravitate to in this vast array of digital content now at our disposal um and then so that's more like the external and then the internal is like kind of like how to approach it so you don't drive yourself crazy um those are kind of to me though two sides of the coin when evaluating this stuff in actuality it's a lot uh it's a lot more detailed than that but I think that's a pretty good, I guess, framework to kind of look at this. It's like you have to first reach out to all these, you know, external entities um, to, you know, learn the content. And then once you have it, it's like, what do you do with it? And for how long do you do stuff with it? And to what extent? How much time do you put in? Things like that. So um, that's kind of just a quick breakdown on how I would probably look to divvy this up when it comes to you know finding the right resources on youtube there's a few approaches you can take what you don't want to do for example i'm going to just use language learning as an example because it's top of mind but i think this works for pretty much anything um particularly things like computer programming that's also i guess a form of language learning or design or, you know, music theory, things like that. Um, but even as far as something like digital marketing, I think this also fits in. But I think what you don't do is just dive into random things that are popular. Because word of mouth, due to branding and marketing and advertising, cleverness and things like that, can be very persuasive. And I would not use brand recognition as a... Uh, determining factor for this kind of thing, um, particularly for language learning. Some of the best language learning programs I've ever come across are pretty terribly marketed. They're not really um, the hot new toy or the latest and greatest when it comes to things that people use, but that's more due to their lack of understanding of how to do digital marketing than their actual effectiveness. I think a uh, Pimsleur is a good example of that. I used Pimsleur maybe like four years ago. I took a year and I tried to like learn Portuguese and I felt that uh, looking back, it was super effective compared to other programs I've tried since then, mainly because of their focus on listening and their focus on conversations more so than, um, you know, fill in the blank type of practice or like guessing the correct sentence um from a multiple choice list or something like that it's more conversational it's more listening it's more uh getting the accent down things like that um so all of that being said in when it comes to language learning as the example 
What you don't do is jump on the hot new toy or the thing that's the most established. What I like to do personally is I go on YouTube and I spend time just looking at people whose videos have big followings or they their channels have big followings talk about these types of tools because now everyone has a review video about like you know the top five language learning apps or the top five SEO platforms or the top five best uh, you know coding education resources whatever they are but what I like to do is watch a lot of those types of videos and then aggregate what the actual best recommendations are from you know 10 or so videos of people on youtube with established channels talking about these things because in a lot of cases there are tons and tons of videos about like the top 10 the top whatever you know because that buzzfeed list style of uh headlines generally works so you know people have been jumping on it for the past 10 years the top 15 places to go and Florida, whatever, as a clickbaity headline tactic, writing out lists work. So there's usually tons of videos on that, unless you're trying to learn something very um, not as popular, I guess. I guess that's the best way to say it. But at this point, I think there's at least a couple videos that, like review-based videos um, for almost any type of interest at this point, I would guess. Um, but that's what I like to do first. I like to just kind of get a lay of the land, listen to people that have done it already, and then not take any one person's opinion more seriously than the other. Just kind of aggregate if there's any patterns that come out of everyone's reviews. Like, for example, <clears throat> and this is a mistake that I made. When I first started trying to learn Spanish, I did what everyone does, download Duolingo, spend a crap load of time on Duolingo, blah, 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 blah. Then I did this exercise where I, you know, I looked up polyglots with big YouTube channels who reviewed the best language learning programs. And uh, what's funny is as much uh, noise that Duolingo has made in the language learning community with their product, they are kind of shitted on by the uh, language learning community on YouTube. Like, they really don't have a good reputation, from what I could tell as an outsider to all this, in the polyglot community. Um, They just, across the board, what everyone says, no matter what the channel is. And I've never, look, I've never seen anything this consistent. This has been so consistent. With Duolingo, the feedback from every language learning expert I can find online is it's a decent um, supplemental tool if you want to do it, but it's not a primary uh, language learning tool in their eyes. You shouldn't use it as as a primary or the primary language learning tool, but it's something if you want to do it, um, you know, on the side feel free because it definitely helps. It doesn't hurt. Um, But it's similar to almost like watching TV shows, which is very tough to do as a beginner. Though watching TV shows is something that's more of a core learning tool when you're at like the intermediate level of a language, but not as a beginner. But you can do it at the beginner phase and it doesn't hurt. And Duolingo is sort of similar. And I did a whole episode on Duolingo already. And that was kind of after I made these discoveries. I did that episode, but... For real, for real, like, 
if you go and you want to learn a language, do not start by spending hours on Duolingo, getting sucked into the leaderboards, getting sucked into the different like group levels and um, you know, trying to clear your trees and up level to the next round, you know, all that stuff. Like don't waste time on that because you're not gonna actually absorb what you need to absorb from that to accomplish what your ultimate goal is. So now I still do use Duolingo. I'm at an 84 day streak. So maybe I'm a little bit of a hypocrite, but I do not rely on Duolingo for much anymore. Um, I have a very long train ride to work every day. So it's convenient. And on the subway, I do use Duolingo a little. And then I also use flashcards. But both of those get boring eventually. So I go back and forth. And I will say to Duolingo's defense, I do like the Duolingo podcast series. I wish they invested more in that. If they made an even more like beginner level version of that, I think that would be an excellent tool. Just a suggestion. Um, so yeah, I do listen to Spanish podcasts too. I listen to a wide variety of them. Um, but Duolingo's is one of the better ones out there. So I'm not trying to... Look, I don't hate Duolingo. I'm not a hater of Duolingo, but I do see why it shouldn't be like your core learning tool. And after being a daily user for what is approaching three months, I will say it is exactly what all of these more experienced language learners say it is, which is a decent secondary tool, um, but don't take it too seriously or go too hard in the paint with it. So that being said, um, all right, you check out these experts on YouTube you kind of aggregate any patterns that they're telling you when it comes to which products to use, what to do. Um, same thing can be applied to social media. That's another big one, like, you know, Instagram strategy. Listen, you know, watch the top 10 Instagram channels on YouTube. And when they talk about growth tactics and growth strategies and which apps to use and things like that, although Instagram, just FYI, is cracking down on third-party apps, so be a little weary of that but in general same principle applies to something like that building your instagram following or tiktok even like whatever um so once you do that i would say that should at some point give you kind of some clear understanding of what the best tools are and then the next thing that i like to do is spend about a month and a half just going hard in the paint daily grinding a month and a half though right it's almost like a diet where you do this for a fit number a fixed number of time or days and then go from there that's the reason why you know health health uh gurus and bodybuilders and people like that hate saying the word diet because diet you know insinuates that there's a fixed amount of time and it's a lifestyle not a diet Blah, 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 blah. But for this, I like that fixed time. So I look at it as a diet. And you go hard in the paint, you know, download those apps that are the best tools to learn this, whatever skill it might be, and go for about, I'd say about 45 days or so. Just going all out as much as you can do. And then stop after 45 days. Because what this is really is a trial period. 
because you have an interest in something, right? But an interest is not a passion at all. And um, I've fallen into this trap multiple times with various things where I'm really into something. It's the new shiny toy. You get excited about it. You do it for a month, month and a half, two months, and then it kind of um, gets less exciting. And then eventually you stop doing it, much like a diet. People stop doing diets because they generally suck, and they realize that they suck after a month and a half. Um, So that's what I recommend second is, like, go into doing it knowing, like, all right, I'm going to grind this out for 45 days or so. It could be a month. It could be two months. You know, it could be 30 days. It could be 60 days. It could be 45 days, whatever you want to do. And then be like, all right, I'm going to go this hard every day, no matter what, this long. And then once I hit that milestone, I'm going to reevaluate and figure out if this is an actual passion of mine. This is something I'm really interested in for the long run or if it's something that um, isn't quite for me. Because that has happened to me a bunch of times. And then once you've done that, if uh, you... Do your 45-day trial and you're still as into it as you were from day one, then I would say that it might still not be an absolute passion of yours yet, but it's something that's a real hobby, a real interest, and something that's worth investment. So at that point, then you should maybe think about taking courses with, you know, the best you know, those master classes or, I mean, the master classes usually aren't really the best ones. Like, you know what I'm talking about. The one where it's like Martin Scorsese is going to teach you filmmaking. And I've heard some very mixed reviews with those master classes, but you know what I mean. Start investing in actually learning the skill for real because it's something that likely will sustain itself for a year, two years, three years, or the long haul. Um, And with that, it's, again, going back to YouTube, going to blogs online and figuring out who are the real deal people in the industry that you're trying to get into or the skill that you're trying to master. Like, who are the best people? For example, if you're trying to become the best podcaster in the world, do not come to me. I am not that person. I can't recommend myself for that because... uh, I don't have, you know, a million-dollar podcast. But, you know, find who that person is. I don't know who that person is in the podcasting world because most of the world's best podcasters generally don't have a course about podcasting. It's not like the digital marketing hustle where, like, every big digital marketer, because they're a marketer, also has a course that you can buy as their side hustle for their marketing because they're marketers. Of course, they want more ways to make money. Podcasting, not so much like that. But... You know, there are various resources for podcasting for sure. And uh, it's just about being uh, analytical in terms of figuring out who the best person is for you. Or maybe even trying a couple things out if um, people that you're interested in who seem to be the real deal in whatever you're trying to learn have courses on platforms like Skillshare or Udemy or something like that where the courses are cheap or sometimes they offer like free intro trials or maybe they have a click funnels uh page where they have you know like a free basic training those are usually bullshit webinars though so be wary of that but point is is like you know try something out and then figure out what works for you and go from there
when it comes to language learning, there's an awesome, um, this is a little different because these people aren't necessarily the best. So this is another side thing that you do, but there's an awesome platform called italki and italki lets you converse with, it's like basically one-on-one Skype-based language learning classes. And it's a platform with tons of language learning teachers, um, for, all kinds of languages and you can kind of go to their page listen to their welcome video and take an hour course with them where you you know get your conversational skills up leveled and the each course is cheap you can do an hour course for someone who's a spanish teacher in you know mexico for like eight bucks for an hour and you could try out a bunch of those and find the teacher that works best for you for example so that's one example of that um, more macro there's other examples where like for example if you wanted to learn graphic design you try a few different schools cheapest online course out and maybe like wait until there's a discount code so you're paying like 30 dollars for your typography class or whatever stuff like that but um the point is is for the lowest price point possible try out a few different of the top resources and then pick the one to really invest in based on the one that whose teaching style just translates the best to your learning ability. Because um, everyone learns differently, right? And everyone teaches differently. So there's a bit of a um, chemistry match that needs to happen, per se. So then that's kind of the next phase. So, so far we started with the external phase where it's kind of just like vetting through YouTube, figuring out the real deal, what tools to use, and then start using those tools that are available. And then internally give yourself a trial run, um, see how it goes for a month and a half, two months, whatever it is. And then if it's still going strong, you're still as into it as you were from the beginning figure out which expert resource to use and then try a couple out at a lower price point but not free anymore and then once you find the match then you invest for real and then it becomes more simple as far as figuring out you know what's real versus what's bs online you've kind of matched with the right person for you and then it's just about being diligent and then um if it's language, right, you finally go with the language resource that's the best for you and you just stick at it and then you keep learning and skill building and doing secondary things on the side to even up-level yourself more. And then that's just more about sticking with it for the long run. Um, that's kind of like the last internal thing, which it becomes now a marathon and just doing it and doing it. And then, you know, once you have the skill level that you're comfortable with, then you, then you figure out what you want to do. You want to rear off the gas a little, that's fine. You know, start exploring something else. Or you want to keep doing it and, you know, go back to school, get your freaking doctorate in it, whatever. Whatever it may be, that's on you. But I think the hardest part with all this is getting to that point where you're comfortably gotten into a long form groove of learning something um and you got past that initial first stage and you got past the bs that's on youtube and instagram and twitter with fake experts everywhere because they are everywhere and um i'm gonna jack this tip from uh nathaniel drew's youtube channel the dude i mentioned earlier is why he kind of inspired me to do this video do, if somebody's targeting you with ads and positioning themselves as a guru, 
that is a good warning sign to not go with that person. Um, they're probably a hack and they might even be successful, but they're likely a successful hack not a successful, uh, doer, if that makes sense. Cause you know, like there's a great show on Netflix right now, abstract, and it covers design and it's like these, the lives and the working habits and the workflows of, you know, some of the best designers in various industries, sneaker design, set design, graphic design, um, pretty much everything and i was thinking like i cannot imagine any of these people targeting me with an ad on youtube about joining their webinar or some other bs so just saying just saying if it is a legitimate business that is giving you an ad a legitimate program that's like Rosetta Stone. Now, I'm not saying Rosetta Stone's the best language learning program, but I'm saying a real company like that had an ad. That's one thing. If it's just some dude in his fake office that he rented, you know, somewhere in Florida telling you how you can make, you know, 10 grand a month on autopilot by doing Facebook ad design, you should probably hit the skip button as soon as possible but that is basically it that's my thoughts on how to go about learning things online um i'm sure there's going to be something tomorrow that was an obvious one that i forgot to mention in the moment but basically it's that model of external internal you start externally you weed out the crap from the good stuff you aggregate the opinions of the most legitimate people and check for patterns. And then if there are patterns, you um, follow through on doing what those patterns are telling you. And then internally, give yourself a start date and an end date to go hard in the paint. And uh, after that end date hits, you reevaluate, see how much love you have for it. And if you're still going strong, take it to the next level. Start investing in some courses, but but not at a very expensive rate. Try to use them discount codes, you know, use Honey, use Retail Me Not, get those discount codes ready, and invest lightly in starting with these programs. Try a couple out, see what works best for you, and then when you find the one that works for you, invest for the long run. And then it's just a marathon, and you keep on going and do supplementary things on the side. And that's basically it. That's what's worked for me in the past, not to say I'm, you know, some influencer on work productivity or anything like that. I'm just trying to give my personal take with what's working for me. Um, And for language learning, quick tip, what I like to do is whatever language it may be, for example, it's for me, it's Spanish. It's figuring out the most 1,000 to 2,000 most popular words and learning those words before the other words because uh one thing that all these programs tend to do that i'm not quite a big fan of is uh giving you a bunch of vocabulary that you're realistically not going to use like this yellow dress is great for the picnic i'm not going to say that you know what i mean so it's about getting rid of the vocabulary you don't need focusing on the core vocabulary you do need and going from there and another quick tip when you do watch tv shows 
have the subtitles on in the language you want to learn and figure out weird phrases. So by that I mean if you see a group of words that you know but it doesn't spell out what would logically make sense to you based on what you know of those words, use Google Translator for that phrase and Google Translator usually knows these phrases and then write that down in a spreadsheet. For example, I was watching a show in Spanish, and then there was the term por lo menos that came up. And I know por means usually like by or for. Lo can mean a million things. It's one of the hardest things for an English speaker to figure out in Spanish, but it usually means it, and menos means less. So like it's like by or for it less. And then I plugged it into Google Translate, and it means at least. So it makes sense when you think about it, but there's no way you're going to know that without knowing it. Um, So that's just another little hack that I've uh, really appreciated, and it's probably the most useful thing at a beginner level that I found when it comes to watching TV shows with the subtitles and the language I'm trying to learn. It's figuring out those, like, phrases that are not a one-to-one translation from English but are very useful and very much used colloquially in everyday speak so that is it um that's all I wanted to talk about today but uh if you guys have any questions or comments about this of course as per usual hit us up at not rocket science show at gmail.com or on insta or twitter at nrs underscore show We would love to hear from you, and if you want to or like this show at all, got anything out of it, please leave an app store review. Those help big, 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 big time. That's why every podcast bothers you about doing it. Um, Other than that, thank you guys so much. This is Sean signing off. Till next time. Peace. Peace.